Is it 201 or 202? No, I think it feels like it should be 202, but that's because of the music one. It feels like it should be 1,000, because this is officially <laughs> the fifth anniversary of the first FM. Oh, damn. Yeah, Hells, we're not always, yeah. You know, we had a couple weeks off there. Deal with yeah. it. Well, <laughs> fifth anniversary. It's time for a new theme song. Hopefully yeah, you enjoyed that. New year, new theme song, remixed and replayed by Chris Wilson, who did the original. Well done, well, Chris. Yeah. Loved it's it. awesome. I love the drums in this one. Yeah, I, I, I like that guy and also hate him. Because he's, so <laughs> he's so good. fucking jerk. He's so <laughs> last, talented. Last time I talked to him, and he's like, oh, I'm just teaching myself this instrument, this instrument, just because next week it's this instrument. I'm just like, all right. What a dick. <laughs> yeah, I get it. You're talented. <laughs> yeah. Piece of um, shit. I'm trying to teach myself to pay so, rent. So video games. We haven't talked about video games in a while together. No, no, you should. You should we should introduce you ourselves, or you should. Oh, yeah. That's your job. Uh, well, your if, if it's your first episode ever, I'm Anthony Gallegos, uh, and I'm joined <laughs> by Arthur Geese. <laughs> say hi, Arthur. I have no. I have nothing to say. That's that is factually accurate. Matt Chandrine. That's me. Uh, I'm the one that laughs a lot. This is what it's like to watch a man have a stroke. <laughs> it was actually one of those brief moments where I felt like nerves tingling in my body, and I was like, do I have a really good thought, or do I have to fart? I don't know anymore. I think the, the safe assumption is always fart. <laughs> and if you had wagered money, you would have done well. Um, so uh, we're trying an experiment with this episode, which is that I'm recording video of it. Oh. Weird. And theoretically, I'm going to put this up on YouTube and see if people like it. No, not of you, Anthony. Nobody can see you. Yeah, we, we, they can only see those of us in Arthur's apartment. I will come up with a solution to record Anthony uh, on video at some point. And I will yeah. come up with no solution for my posture and laziness. I will be fucking sprawled out on this couch <laughs> no. by the end of the episode. Well, I, I was saying, always. like, uh, you know, you can't help but when people are sitting on the couch, but, like, their crotches are on display. So yeah. I was like, I so wish I had a cod piece that I could put on, like, outside my pants. You have nobody to impress. Pepsi. It's not about being impressive. It's just about making a statement. Okay. And the so, best part is, like, so it's displaying on my iPad through remote desktop, and in the iPad, you can see the iPad, and then you can see the iPad. Webcamception. So we're we're in a terrible time warp dimension. <sighs> we'll never. Leave so yeah, this we room. we uh, we took a couple weeks off for the holiday. Everybody really seemed to enjoy the game music spectacular, oh, edited by one Arthur Geese. Excellent job, sir. Yeah, everyone kept saying good job, guys. I'm like, I just sat there and yeah, was exactly. like, oh, look, the Metal Gear sounded like a metal song. <laughs> and I said the name of something, and then I didn't stop talking so that Arthur could conveniently put the music. <laughs> I just kept talking. That's how that instead. works. Yeah, I uh, I offered to help you. And you said, no, I got it. It's no I, problem. I did get it. Two people editing that podcast would not have made it better. It would not have worked. Yeah, better. but I could have helped you like find tracks or something. I don't know. Anyway, thanks. good job, Arthur. Well done. Oh, thanks. Thanks, guys. Um, Video so. games. Video games. Did people play some? <sighs> I've been playing one of those. Me too. Anthony one. too, huh? One I've game. Been, well, I played uh, through all of Rise when I got my Xbox. That's not the game I'm talking about. Actually, I played that get game, the, too. Get the rest of it out of the way. And I just <laughs> wanted to say that I enjoyed Rise quite a bit. 
I really did. I actually, I did. So it much is. More than I it I is would. straight up the heavenly no, sword of this generation. You're a liar. You didn't enjoy. It. You said rise suck. You're a liar. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, I, Arthur. I, I, I like you know, I thought like, of course, like the story has like uh, completely and utterly cliche moments. Of course. But as far as like a next gen launch game, like that was the first game that I played on either PS4 or Xbox One that I was like, this feels like a next gen game. I mean, it looks like right. It kind of just feels like Gears of War with swords. Well, that's, that's what I thought. Like Gears of Swords. Oh! <laughs> Why didn't I think but, of that? But that part where you're doing the beach landing in yeah. Britain and uh, or Britannia, and the right. fucking boat crashes on the shore on fire and stuff, and I was like, Jesus, man, talk about like visual spectacle. That was yeah. fucking bonkers. That like, whole game is visual spectacle. Yep. I just yeah. can't bring myself to play it. Well, I just uh, it's fine. It, it, it's super. That's that's why it is the I. It gave me such a heavenly sword vibe because it's very pretty. The combat is competent without being extraordinary, and the story and the animation and cutscenes are really, really pretty and fun to watch. Yeah, and like Freya's cutscenes are really well acted. You know, even if like some of the stuff they're saying, you're like, eh. yeah, yeah. This is like, <laughs> and like Heavenly Sword, there are bits and pieces where you're like, huh, this is really interesting. And overall, it doesn't really matter, <laughs> right? But like I it's one of those games where now you can see like how the graphical fidelity and the attention to the facial animations actually plays a really good part in mm-hmm. inspiring like empathy or anger or hatred oh, towards yeah. someone. Except when people are smiling. Oh god, the really, smiling was like always monkeys. wrong. Do they look like monkeys about to attack. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're burying their teeth, yes. <laughs> so, that 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 part's true, but as far as It's like, Arnold Schwarzenegger in T two. Like, you know, there, there is like a certain animation to the eyes and the face that really do help sell scenes yeah. and get across an emotion even if yeah. the lines they're saying aren't particularly Did you finish? Great. So, did you finish Rise? Um, do you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I beat it. Yeah. Okay. Well, you can beat it in like an evening, so that's not yeah, very exactly. difficult. Yeah, yeah. Again, like Heavenly Sword. Yeah, but I, I did enjoy it. Like I was, yeah. I didn't expect to, you know. But I, I played the crap out of that, and like I did not feel upset with having bought that as my like day one brought home my console game. Did you get mm-hmm. it on sale or did you pay full price? Oh, I paid full price. I just Damn. did. <laughs> I like. I pushed through that game like I I didn't even realize how close I was to the end and I was like oh you make it sound I like you were taking over. a dump Freya and, <laughs> stop it Freya Freya's totally attacking the webcam this it's amazing. not on or anything oh, okay <laughs> I thought she was messing something up no, but she's I mean she could be but <laughs> <laughs> she fell off the chair good job cat uh, uh, Anthony but, you should find somebody I I kind of wish I had my copy still so that we could do this but you should play multiplayer in that game. Yeah, you I don't probably have your will. Copy still? No, I you might and have, I, I might have a second copy. I, I, probably, I probably will at some point. You and I could play Anthony. Hi. Oh my we god. We could play I'm some right. multiplayer. Okay, me and Matt are gonna play multiplayer. Oh okay. yeah. Arthur's failing to take a cat photo. I was. I'm not gonna <laughs> take a cat photo if she starts fucking around on the chair. I'm gonna take video and put it in the podcast. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. why not? B roll. Right. We call that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to pick a B roll. <laughs> uh, but uh, besides that, really. Um, the only other game, well, I don't know. Has anyone else played anything else? I actually, I actually game? played enough Forza to realize that Arthur is one hundred percent correct in his assessment of the drivatars, in that everybody out there is an asshole and doesn't know how to drive. And it's actually frustrating because when I act, when I get into racing games, the thing that I like about it is that I feel like the AI are geared toward making it appear like you're racing against race car drivers, not that you're racing against other online players. 
because you know when you hop into the into a Forza game and you're racing against the Drivatars, everybody slams on the accelerator. And then you have every single car bunched up at all of the corners because they all stop too late and, and then they all run into each into other. Them. And like it makes it impossible to do the, the really kind of awesome slick moves that are totally about racing, which is take the inside corner or risk the outside. You almost can't do that because everybody around you drives like a dipshit. You're welcome. So they play it uh, like we were talking about earlier they play it like they're playing Gran Turismo 6 exactly and then and then I was like and then when I started playing like that where I was like all right well I'm gonna run into these people's cars so I can get around a corner and I was at our friend Greg Rice's house Greg Rice from uh Double Fine so I feel drop no I'm just saying I just want to put that out there in case anybody is uh Xbox Live friends with Greg Rice and they're like why is this guy driving like such an asshole that's actually my fault (laughs) there you go Anthony you and I played uh the room two as well, oh yeah, the room two. The, actually, you know, it's Was that it is like a example of a game that uses really, really limited amounts of assets to great effect. Yeah, like everything scale. they put in the in that environment. Generally, it's just like a like every environment is just a black void, and then there are a few pieces of it that kind of set the tone of the space that you're supposed to feel like you're in, and then that's it. Like there's like probably and that's. One hmm. of the reasons they can probably make it look really pretty too. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but if you're unfamiliar with it, all you really do is it sounds really boring when you describe it this way, but you click on the environment, <laughs> it really, really does. you look for things to interact with, mm-hmm. and then you figure out like what with the limited inputs you can do, how you're going to interact with it to solve it. Your phone vibrating right now sounded like a truck. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, well, the, the, the Hunt and Peck adventure, you know, is that's uh, been around as as long as there's been mice to control computer games. Yeah, but it's yeah. it's the difference between, uh, like, a there was, I think, an older Carmen Sandiego game that was this way, where mm-hmm. you just kind of poked around the environment and clicked until something happened. Whereas here, it really feels like you are unlocking some kind of mystery, because there mm. is a really subtle, smart story there that's fusing, like, science and religious influences into this weird thing where you might just be hallucinating everything, and you're discovering these weird surreal notes from people hmm. throughout time and stuff like that as you like like my sunday basically yeah uh and you're just it's pure gameplay all you're doing is you know like i'm gonna rotate this thing and it opened up and i found a thing inside and i used that to open this box which opened up to another box which i used to solve another puzzle it's just it, pure it feels puzzle like, gameplay and right. it's I was gonna really say, it feels like some of the huh. most clever moments in like a, a tomb raider or an Uncharted, like if all you were doing was the part where they finally come to the fucking weird treasure chest and they have to figure out how they get it open, mm. you know, and in a Tomb Raider Uncharted, usually it involved you going and climbing up to six different parts of this vast mm-hmm. cave and interacting with it to get to that chest, but now it's like all of the weird complex puzzles, but they are all on that chest. Yeah, because the camera so there's nice. like six parts to it that are going to your Oh, that's so cool. Because the opens. camera just pulls in real tight against yeah. one object on a table, and it might just be like a little urn or something, or like an urn-shaped thing with a bunch of holes in it, and it, you throw on a lens, and suddenly you can see things that you couldn't see before, and if you line things up right, you see a symbol, and you realize, oh, that's related to the thing on the other hmm. side of the box. And it's just a lot of logical connections and piecing things together to really gratifyingly solve these well that's what i used to love about you know like the seventh guest yeah or or mist way back in the day was that like you could get really honed in on one puzzle which was part of a larger world or a larger story but that puzzle itself was always really really interestingly done and if it was done well i i don't remember the seventh guest 
all that well, but I do kind of remember thinking that the puzzles, while they were weird and arbitrary, at the same time felt like they were supposed to fit into the world. Yeah. You know, like the, the I mean, like more like the mechanics of the puzzles were arbitrary and like oftentimes very obtuse to try to figure out without somebody showing you how to do it. Yeah. And obviously, as you can see, if you're watching the video version of this, we're talking about an iPad game because of Arthur's interest. Arthur actually has an iPad. I do. You, have should an iPad. Play, you should play the room in the room, too, because so, uh, they're both very good. I got an iPad for Christmas and I downloaded device six Wise. and right away because I'd heard good things about it. Um, and just like an idiot, I actually listened to what Mitch had to say. God, you. Uh, Skulls of the Shogun was. How many also, chapters do you finish, Arthur? I'm, just let me fucking. <laughs> is, is it zero? Is the number uh, zero? So Skulls of the Shogun was also free that day, so I downloaded that. Whoa. Um, and I played like not even a whole chapter of Device Six and no other games on my iPad. It has become like another screen for delivery of content and not a game playing device. Um. Download uh, Tilt to Live 2. That's the only one that I can think of immediately that feels like an Arthur game. I don't know what that means. Uh, it means, it means that you love, for you. Yeah, you love really, uh, really fast Twitch games, you know, like like Pac-Man CE it's and very, Geometry, very Geometry Wars. Wars. And uh, only it uses the tilt on the iPad. And fortunately, you know, like tilt on iOS devices is extremely precise. Uh, we need to stop for just a second. Not stop the podcast, but like stop talking about this. Because I'm, I'm, there is a rumor that just popped up that Skyrim is coming out on Xbox One and PS4. I saw someone tweet that. What? And I might literally shit myself if that happens. What? <laughs> Why? You've already played it. You played I don't game. care. I will start that game over again. <laughs> I don't have well, time to play it, that shit start again. Start it over again on a PC. You could do it. Start right over by no. six and finish a game you haven't played. Two <laughs> I would say Xbox go to Skyrim, but it'll have to be Xbox go to Elder Scrolls Five Skyrim. Go to the Elder Scrolls. I mean, oh, bye, Matt, says the Xbox. Oh, I guess I'm leaving. You're out. The Xbox is totally oh, I'm gone. Your, your okay. fiance signed in somewhere else, probably. Oh, she did, yeah. Um, that's why that's that was the text that I got. So anyway, uh, so so yeah, iPad games. I just I, uh. I know I, I actually understand. I mean, like uh, I haven't played a mobile device game like really for months. And yeah, so maybe that's the thing is that I got like the renaissance of i of iOS and mobile games has come and now it has passed. Um. I don't know. Maybe I feel I would have I would have agreed with you about two or three months ago when I was kind of in a lull and not really playing iOS games. But this fall has been really good. Like Solstice Arena came out, and I'm, you're kind of getting into mobas, but like it's a smart little three on three moba that's really fast paced. Matches are five to ten minutes, and it does stuff that not many other mobas are doing in terms of mechanics. And I found that really interesting on mobile. I played a shit ton of <laughs> iPad games over the holiday because I bought one. Uh, and yeah. just kind of rediscovered a bunch of the stuff I'd missed over the past month or so. And you really liked Republic, obviously. Oh, yeah, that came uh, out too. I still haven't played that. I um, just I got my code, but I still haven't played it. We didn't get a chance to talk about that, actually. Not really. Um, did you like want to talk about Did you play that? Anthony, did you play it? <laughs> I've downloaded it, and I have not played it yet. Let's wait for Anthony to play it. Okay. To do a discussion on that. Yeah, who cares if Matt's played it? I wrote the review. I already, had, I already said what I had to say. <laughs> so, yeah, I so, want to talk about it with people. So my, my with my iPad, I, I just, uh, like, even having taken public transportation a fair bit in the last couple of weeks because I've been on vacation and able to fuck off and do what I want, uh, I just, like, read Kindle stuff on it. That's fair. You should yeah. also play Feed Me Oil, too. So you were tweeting about that. What is that game? 
I texted that's you. A, you never answered me. That's a game represented by, or it used to, I don't know if it was, it's still somehow linked to old IGN or Levi Buchanan um, hmm. in the sense that it's a Chilango game. And uh, the basic premise of it is not dissimilar to several other games that have come out, except Feed Me Oil, the original came out like two years ago. And it's like this really cartoony game where you're just trying to direct the flow of this oil to where it gets to where it needs to go using a very limited tool set. And you get rewards for using fewer tools than you need. But where it gets really complex over time is that sometimes it'll be like the reservoir that the oil needs to get into is blue and it starts off black. So you have to make it pass through like two different filters to make it change different primary colors until it turns blue. So you have to make really elaborate patterns sometimes through the sky or make it split in half, hit the two, pa- hit the two colors and come back together before yep, it goes I'll in. play that. Cool. So, 100%. Really simple, easy levels to get through. A great hint system if you get stuck. But sometimes it just makes you feel really fucking smart when you manage to figure it out. <laughs> That's the best kind of game. Like Lately I've noticed that any game that can make me feel that way is probably one of the most satisfying experiences. Like yeah, solving a puzzle or smart. finding the solution to anything <laughs> and just feeling like I fucking did it is so much more gratifying. Do you always sound like a drunk when you finish a puzzle and something? I did it! it. (laughs) I'm better than you! (laughs) Calls up his mom. (laughs) You told me I'd never be anything. I got three stars. (laughs) Jesus. Um, So, feed me oil. Yeah. That's that's the... Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I played that I wanted to talk about before we dive into the thing that you guys are going to talk about. So excited! <laughs> uh, Mitch is a happy little boy. God, what did I play? I played more Assassin's Creed 4. No. Um, I still haven't finished that. I'm very close. I just so haven't finished it. I, I'm i at like 80-something percent, and I don't think I'm going back to it. Yeah. I mean, you've played through um, it how many times now? Well, this is the second time that I played through it, but the first time I played through it, I could really only sort of dip my toe into the side stuff mm. before... Uh, I had to move on and get through the proper story shit mm-hmm. because I had three days basically to yeah. play through Assassin's Creed four. And that is a long goddamn game. Oh, hell um, yeah. hundred hours easy. If you try to do everything. So for this, for my vacation, I was basically like on my vacations, I tend to like to have like an open world game to just fart around in and like just idly play through and like look at Twitter or the internet or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was Assassin's Creed four. Cause there was no, really no other open world game that I was into this year because it certainly wasn't Grand Theft Auto and it wasn't Saints Row. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did that. And I mean, I upgraded my ship almost all the way and I took out all the legendary ships and I did a bunch of side stuff and, and like dived all the, the diving bell sequences and shit like that. But I'm just at the point where I'm not having fun with anything anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and while I was doing all the side stuff, I was like, maybe I was too hard on this game. Like, Seven point five is a pretty good score, but like I've said some some reasonably harsh things about some of it, and I was really enjoying it. And then I got back into the main story because <laughs> there are parts that are gated until you get to certain sequences. Yeah, right. And I'm like, no, everything I said is a hundred percent accurate about how <laughs> fucked up. A lot they're of the like, story missions in this game are. They're like stalk this guy until he runs and then tackle him a so hundred times. All of that shit is terrible. I never had a problem with any of those missions. I hate them. I'm not saying, like, I, I keep is I, the word I would use. They're, I, they're just not fun. I don't know. Like, I enjoy listening to the voice actors talk to each other. Like, I enjoy the world flavor of you, it. You, you know? like looking at their, like, yellow highlighted selves through every piece of geometry because you went to Eagle Vision? Yeah, and I like sneaking around while I'm following them. I mean, like, I get into it. 
I just I don't blame you. Why do you have a weapon, Anthony? You're carrying uh, a crossbow. Sorry, it's, I'm just I just like to have things in my hands while we talk. Is that a rubber band crossbow or a real yeah, it's crossbow? A, it's just a dark crossbow <laughs> that I got from a Renaissance. A fair. dark crossbow. <laughs> it's a, it's from a Renaissance. Fair. Fuck! What a weird sentence. That. How was. badly could you hurt someone with that thing? It shoots plungers, guys. Move on. <laughs> and the bizarre thing is, is that like you get it at a Renaissance fair, and it totally looks like you would have bought it at Toys R Us. Oh yeah. What fucking <laughs> Toys R Us are you going to? <laughs> I want to go to that one. I'm just saying, um, it doesn't quite look. It, it when somebody say, says you bought a crossbow at a Renaissance fair, you think, oh, I bought something that looks like it wouldn't be out of place in Lord That's of the Rings. It's like a baby toy for Ted Nugent's kids. <laughs> no, the Renaissance fair I went to was like totally. Super commercial. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I used to go back before the, you know, they got all commercial (laughs) when they they were cool. They They super sold out. (laughs) Yep. You have to drink beer behind like a like a, a fucking carded wall. Oh, like, that's not Renaissance. No, <laughs> supposed to be walking around, and you're supposed to carry your own tin pewter mug with you that you can fill up. Around horses that could kill me and sword. <laughs> um. So I like I almost played a little bit of Wasteland too, but I only had time to install it. Um, that was a really that, good story. <laughs> did you have you seen Wasteland two? It's on, how it's no. on Steam. Nope. How it is sixty fucking dollars on Steam? Again, so for a beta talk- that's not we, content complete. All right, we talked a little bit about this before, and I almost guarantee that it has something to do with them not wanting to anger Kickstarter consumers who probably paid sixty dollars to get beta access. So let's fuck the people mm. who are going to pay us money on Steam. So to or fund the rest of the game. Don't have to buy it. So they're calling it a collector's edition. So they're getting an art book, like a digital art book, which. Right. Like I don't don't even start on the bullshit about a digital art book. <laughs> um, they're getting the original Wasteland and five dollars beta access, right? So it's a five dollar game. Uh, <clears throat> so that like that in and of itself is a little frustrating, but also the fact that it's not content complete and they're selling yeah. it for sixty bucks. Uh, and not only that, but as they update the game, it's wiping save progress. Sweet. Okay, so at any moment I could be fact, halfway through. The fact through that you know it. all that means to me that it's all of the information's out there. I see no problem uh, with it. It's not immediately obvious on the game page. You have to go to the update page and read through the shit they're doing. I mean, it's pretty clearly. I don't have any problem with it personally. Yeah, I mean, early access stuff is labeled exactly as such. I don't think it means anything to any to most people, though. Then that's because, their problem, right? Because it's featured in the main carousel. Yeah. But when you click through it and you see early access and there's a giant blurb from the dev saying, we're not done. Like, I feel like that's enough warning. And if you're not going to read that and you're just going to blindly click buy $60, that's your own fault. I wouldn't. But I don't know, like my sister who uses Steam, mm-hmm. because that's my fault because I bought her Civ for Christmas one year. <laughs> well done. And now she buys games on Steam. Yep. She also plays Xbox 360 and Xbox One. My sister plays a lot of it. My sister... Doesn't play as many video games as me, but maybe close. Hmm. Maybe close. Um, I don't know if she would notice. And she's yeah, not at least stupid. they're labeling their games early access, and unlike Battlefield 4 or something. <laughs> yes, Battlefield 4 is the ultimate early access game. Uh, although today I did quick match into a Conquest game on my first try. Wow. And then Mitch texted me to let me know that he was going to be at the Indian place in two minutes, and I had to quit out of the game that I was in. <laughs> Um, was never meant to be. No, it was never meant to be. <laughs> it was our love child. Never meant to be. Um, 
So yeah, so I would like to try Wasteland, but I'm a little concerned about putting any time into it, given that uh, yeah, save wipe. They're just totally. like destroying everything. Um, so yeah, so but Rust, Rust, Rust. Yeah. So Rust. for context, I've put 127 hours in the Kerbal Space Program, <laughs> and that's over the course of two years. Also, an early yep. access game. I've put. Uh, 134 hours into Rust. It's fucking, Holy shit! He told me he put more hours into Rust than he put into Kerbal. My mind exploded. <laughs> Have you? Okay, so question. Question about Rust. Have you yeah. had Rust on in the background while you're doing other things? You, you've there's one been time. there. Yeah, there's definitely one like 24 or 36 hour period where it was on. It so was we can a say four minute visit to probably Pornhub. more like 100 hours that I've played. Yeah. Um. It, it did that whole thing where, like, you actually quit Steam and logged out and everything, but it still said you were in-game. So only 96 hours or whatever. I think I think the main reason that I got so into Rust, to be completely honest, is if I had jumped into it completely by myself and done it, I probably yep. would have played it for, like, four hours and been done with yep. it. Yep, yeah, 100%. But I jumped into it, and right off the bat, I jumped in with Mitch. We went questing <laughs> until we found each other. Uh-huh. And, when we, and when we found each other... We just started a life together. For context, <laughs> this is an open world survival game with crafting. So think No, this. it's Minecraft for sociopaths. It's Minecraft and Daisy kind of brought together for everything I wanted. It's, it's like it's, barely Daisy. Like I don't it, think it's that it's barely that Minecraft too. Yeah, well, I mean, it has it's, elements of but it's it I mean, they made that game because they played Daisy and were like, "Huh, what is So make I was shit? I was thinking about this game this morning and the thing that popped into it's my head It's more Daisy than Minecraft. I that, totally agree. What popped into my head is that Rust demonstrates that people made games, like in history, people made games and things to do because when left to their own devices otherwise, people would just be dicks to each other. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and that is what Rust is. Rust is a scenario for people to be dicks to each other. I think Rust is, a, is an example of what, like when people, when someone who's never played an MMO imagines what an MMO is, where it's like a world you live and you just see what happens. And like when I first heard about an MMO, that's kind of what I pictured. I was like, you just go and live a second life. And in a lot of ways, Rust is that to me because I go in and I have no clear objectives other than I want to live and better myself and just see what happens. Have, we named, no. have you named your town Fuzzle Bunny by chance? <laughs> we haven't no. named a town. Holy shit. Yeah, we haven't, <laughs> we haven't yet. No. Well, well I don't know. I've, I mean, we've got a neighborhood named for us, Mitch. We live in the We're, balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, we live in the balls live in the of Anthony's dick. Projects. So well, I mean, that's totally what I would have. Uh, like, I I'm in the same boat. Like, I know I wouldn't have played this game if it hadn't been that I was playing with you guys and a couple of other over our friends. I mean, the fact that we could all like put on all of our gear and like roll around as a crew with like uh, uh, one of our friends blasting music through his voice over IP so that people know we're coming from miles away. The thing with you, though, and this is an experience, and Arthur, we made Arthur do this too. Not made, but it ended up being this way, is that when you play Rust, the interesting thing about it is kind of the rise to power. Instead yeah. of jumping in and just having guns and having shelter and going on raids, the interesting thing about it is becoming that. It's For us, uh, we started out as peasants, savages, living in the mountains, Anthony and I cowering in a shed together over a fire waiting for daylight because we were terrified of being seen and kind of realizing, <laughs> okay, we can build oh, we can build a shack, oh, we can actually build our home and we can make it sturdy and oh man, people can break in and raid us discovering all that stuff was really, really fascinating and terrifying and kind of I feel like in a way formed us into the 
goddamn monsters we've become. I just feel like I got the shit kicked out of me for eight hours. And, and again, I mean, we joined a super low population server intentionally. Yeah. yeah. As well. So I feel that's... like if you had joined a server of 200, Arthur, you'd be able to go, like, you'd find people more often who no. might be more willing to... No, I was in a server with 200 people, and nobody was helping me. Sweet. Uh, I did have one <laughs> moment when I joined your server without you guys there, um, where someone <laughs> recognized my, my screen name and said, oh, Oh shit! You're Arthur, and just started throwing bags at me. <laughs> was it Meow Spaceman? Yeah, I think it was Meow Spaceman. Meow Spaceman knows us all. He uh, <laughs> Meow Spaceman found me outside of a radiated town, and he unloaded on me. And, and there was immediate like, "Oh my god, Mitchie, I'm so sorry!" And he like just started like throwing. Did he health call bags you Mitchie? <laughs> yes. The funny thing is, is when he unloaded on Mitch. I was standing probably about 100 yards away. I heard the machine gun fire, and I immediately sprinted into the hills. I did not. He ran away. He's like, you're dead. And I was like, fine, just go. I know. It's like the Polish resistance during the Nazi occupation. You're so, fuck it, he's gone. I was like, we Um, got caught, we're out. So he tried to give me a bunch of stuff, and I'm like, no, I think think I'm going to review this, so I need to have the real experience, which was not him giving me a bunch of stuff. It was about... 15 minutes later when I was in the shelter that I had built and this gentleman uh, said into chat, I want your fuel. (laughs) He said, I want animal fat. But he was like walking Um, around your place, right? And I knew you were in there. So so he he types in, is this you? And then I hear a gunshot and a bullet hit my shelter. (laughs) And then he says, is this you? And he does it again. And I don't say anything because what do you say to that? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, so, it's me. I'm in here. So I'll be right out. I don't say anything. And a couple minutes later, I hear someone walking around my shelter. <laughs> and then I all of a sudden I hear someone hacking at my door, with <laughs> which is the most terrifying sound. <laughs> so I open the door, and there's a guy with an assault rifle standing out of it. <laughs> and he says, "I want animal fat." <laughs> so I reach into my inventory. And thinking, like I imagine Anthony might, I split the, the animal fat I have in my inventory and right. give him half of it. That was right. wise. I throw it on the ground, and then I close the door. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go back to what I was doing, and that was that. And then, like, 20 minutes later, it was like, wait, was that all you had? <laughs> and I said, no, I turned it all into fuel. <laughs> well, then, well, it's like the uh, there was a time where I was outside the rad towns. So there's these irradiated zones all over the map, and they have zombies in them. Which actually, uh, from what I've read, they're going to remove zombies from the game. They're yeah, figuring really? out. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's not going to be a zombie survival game anymore. It's simply going to be they survival. Have a, uh, they have a Trello board where you can yeah. see every update they're working on, what the, what's the priorities, and they're going to remove zombies. I think because they just don't want to be, you know, the zombie survival game. But they do want to keep. The spirit of the zombies, which is go find things that have good items. For right. risk of zombies and that are have dangerous. Items. Yes. You kill zombies and they have really good items. Huh. I didn't realize. And they do yeah. they do a lot of damage and it, and you know, they're in irradiated zones usually, although there are some outside of irradiated zones and of they're course, a giant yeah. risk reward, right? Because you go and they can probably outfight you if you get too close, and they're usually in zones that will kill you. Uh, they're pretty easy. Once like, you get the hang of it, yeah. Yeah, once you get the hang of it, they're actually really easy. But, uh, you know, I'm sure that'll just change with time. Uh, but, yeah, I was I was in an irradiated town, killing zombies, collecting loot boxes that only spawn in the irradiated, irradiated areas, and are a great source to find blueprints, because you need to research blueprints so that you can learn how to make shit. Because yep. right. there's two ways to learn how to make shit. You use a research kit on something you have in your inventory, or you learn how to make it from a blueprint. And uh, this guy, this group of people just rolled up to me while I was running out of that town, 
And I had an entire inventory full of shit because I'd been in this town for like an hour, just running around in circles. I had Anthony all this. He's got his head in his hands. I had all this anti-radi. I had all this anti-radiation gear, and I had rad pills to keep my uh, radiation down. So I was just like running loops around this town, collecting shit because there was like nobody around. And like these group of guys around, they're all, "Hey, hey, 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 hey! We're not gonna kill you. We're not gonna kill you." And they roll up to me, and then they're like. Okay, give us all your metal. And seriously, I had 17 metal fragments on me, and that was it, which is nothing. And you would expect somebody to run out of a rad town with full inventory to not have to have a lot of metal on them, because that's usually something that you find in the crates. And so I tossed it down to them, and then as soon as I tossed it, a guy shot me right in the back. Great. And uh, but the weird thing was is that then they were typing, and they were like. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. I, I thought that you were jipping us. You know, like I thought that... Uh, you thought... And, and then... Uh, and I Jipping was, is the best part of this, by the way. Yeah. And uh, I, thought you, I thought you were lying. I thought that wasn't all you had. It's like, we left all your stuff on the road here. We just took, we just took the metal. We left it in the zombie irradiated zone for you to come get when you have nothing but a rock. <laughs> but I and think pants, that... pants, maybe... <laughs> To go back to Arthur's point earlier where he wanted to, you know, he denied the stuff that he got from me off Space Mix to win the real experience. Yeah. I think, though, that like even that is part of the real experience of Rust because something like, that's what makes it so exciting is because right off the bat, <laughs> someone could run up to you and give you stuff and make you awesome or someone could run up to you and force you to do stuff until you were murdered or, or <laughs> like you eat raw chicken. You ever done that, hours. Anthony? You ever force people to do stuff for your amusement? <laughs> In Rust with other people at gunpoint? One night we went out <laughs> and we met up with the guy that robbed Arthur and and someone else and they made people do things. But we were complicit. We were there standing with guns drawn. You're just saying drawn. you were complicit so that you can paint me as complicit with your you fucking murder yesterday. Complicit. <laughs> you were an accomplice to a murder. So last night when we met up with Arthur... Uh, can you before we get there? Can you say how we found Arthur? I didn't play Arthur, last night. I, this Arthur is sent, enjoyable. Arthur sent a screenshot. He's like, "This is where I am," and we're and Mitch was like, "Well, there's no way we're gonna find you off of a single screenshot." And and Anthony knew fucking instantly. Yep. I know I where that is. You took off into the you night. Totally learned the map. You do. You really do. So, I yeah. but I don't. And now, so I'm at this place. Like, with all this shit, but I'm afraid to leave, because if I go exploring, I'm like, I'm never going to find my way back. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> leave all your shit behind. You have a sleeping bag now, and if you, worst case scenario, you die, and you respawn your sleeping bag. So, but if, yeah. like, why explore? Like, I want to go into a rad town, because that seems like the point. Yeah. But why fucking do that if I'm just going to die? Because you're well, not necessarily going to go, you, go on a, you go on a walkabout first to learn the lay of the land. Yeah. <laughs> and then... And you can run it. You can run into a rad town, loot a couple boxes, and run out, even if you're not wearing any clothing at all, and still not die. Because you have to collect like 500 rads, and even with no clothing, that takes at least a minute to build up oh, to like 400 or so. Oh, not They that for sure. Really? It yeah. still takes quite a while, though. It's, it can still um, take a while. You can take long enough that you could run in and out. But yeah. I mean, the the point, if you like, you're just a sur- just starting out a survival. Is I really think if you're trying to solo this game, it's mostly a recipe for disaster unless you find yourself just miraculously being lev- left alone for a really long time. because yeah, the fun of it is, you know, discovering people and making allegiances and making enemies and holding grudges and <laughs> yep. going, you know, finding a clan that you can work with and yeah, have gang you wars. Have crew, you are at an incredible advantage, even over much better equipped people. Yeah. Just for instance, like the one time our house got seriously raided while we were online. Mm-hmm. The reason we ended up winning is because I'm sure when that person raided, they thought there was probably one person in there. Because it was a really small building. They didn't realize it was the asshole convention. <laughs> instead, we were living like fucking just, just you know, we were living like a, you know, 
I guess. Like a Chinese nuclear family? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we were man, just it, all packed into one room, and then when they kicked in that last door, all of a sudden they were fighting three people. <laughs> and it was, it was so intense because uh, we, you built up, if you build up high in this game, you can force people to use their C4 to go through metal doors to get up to you. And I don't know, our thing was only 10 floors tall or whatever, and we just kept hearing them blowing through the doors, one after another, on their way up, and talking to each other. And we just sat at the top room, like, angled down, like, as quiet as, as, quiet as we could be, looking down the stairs. We didn't do, we didn't make any noise at all. And then they just came up, and they got obliterated. And uh, then we were on a server where we have some other buddies, and we called them in to help defend, and these two guys came back, and they got obliterated again by the people guarding around the floor of our base. And then one of our guys was running around in just, uh, just I think, just like cloth armor or whatever, and found where these people who'd raided us were from. And so yeah. then we rolled out as like an eight-man crew and took everything that they had. Justice, <laughs> Arthur. <laughs> Rewind, so, Anthony. I want you to tell the story to of the, the murder. murder. <laughs> <laughs> now, that, that should inform... Like, if this was the fucking... If I'm on trial right now, <laughs> that's the story I want told so that people understand why the events you know, went out. Yeah, sure. <laughs> fucking excuses. Well? No, no, no. No, no, no. It's your story. Tell your story. I want to hear so this. We, we Portrait of a Arthur. serial killer. <laughs> we gathered up Arthur after unsuccessfully trying to build a tower outside Radtown to see if we could build above the irradiation. What shape of, was the tower? Was it another oh, dick tower? Straight, dick up, tower. straight okay. dick. Like, everything yep. very phallic for us. And, uh, and so we built this, this tower, not big enough, but we met up with Meow Spaceman. He's and then man. we're like, all right, we're going to go find Arthur. See you later, Spaceman. <laughs> and uh, funny and thing this is, was uh, when you guys were going to quit. Right. Yeah, yeah, we were like, all right, we failed to build the tower. Let's go to bed. And then Arthur signed off. I was like, hey, I don't know where I am. <laughs> so we found Arthur running back to our base. Now it's nighttime. We're being a little too liberal with our use of torches and flashlights. Yeah, after being um, chased but, by bears a few times. Yeah, so <laughs> we run across this guy down by Sunship Man's house. <laughs> Knows all the locations. <laughs> Uh oh! Then we lost. Uh, oh, back uh, up, Anthony. Right, we wait, lost wait. you. It was it was right by Sunship Man's house. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we see him, and he starts talking to us like, "Hey, I'm friendly." He's like, <laughs> no, he's and like, was, "Hey guys, hi." <laughs> and I was like, I immediately, I just said over Skype, I was like, "I don't like this guy." <laughs> and it was like fucking mobsters. I was all I had to say, and immediately, Mitch and I, without sharing one word, switched to our guns and just gunned him down right there. <laughs> and so to describe this guy, we each pulled, we this each guy, shot one bullet. By the way, we each only shot one. Was he? Even, he wasn't even holding a rock. He was. No, in, he, he was, was empty-handed, and he had he had pants. And that was <laughs> yeah, he was. He looks like a monster. Like he was just like a savage. We were like, get away! He was from in me. starter clothes. <laughs> yes. However, but plot twist. <laughs> plot twist. I shot him, killed him, and he had a pickaxe, which is a pretty decent tool. He had a shotgun that was loaded, and a bunch of other stuff. So, for all I know... Is that I the stayed... shotgun you gave me? Yeah. You fucking <laughs> monster. <laughs> so, for all I know, I saved all of our lives right there. You He's murdered me with that shotgun. shotgun and shoot us oh, the shot after you fucking shot me with arrows <laughs> and so... ran toward me with your fucking bow. Yes. I killed you with that shotgun later. I'm sorry you got in the way of me hunting. <laughs> I wasn't yeah. even... I was like 60 feet away. But yeah, I mean, it, it, there is like an evolution of behavior in that game because when me and Mitch first joined, we were like one of those videos 
where you see like first contact between like you know outsiders <laughs> and, and new people, and we like see each other in the distance, and then one person starts sprinting towards another, so we pull out our bow and we're like, no, no, and then we're like, oh, we're not doing bows, okay, we're just gonna meet up, and then we're like, oh, and we meet up, we talk, we share things, and we're like, all right. I like you, but if you come around here again, I'll kill you. <laughs> uh, Tell me so, about the uh, time that you were warned off because a person couldn't resist shooting at you guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, th- that was the same guy that robbed Arthur again. Yeah. And, it's a real and, charmer, this gentleman. And, and we went out nine of us strong on the server, and we did what we, what we decided to call Bushido time, which is where we all dress in full cloth armor so you look like Storm Shadow. And, and only, with bows and arrows. We only use bows and arrows. And... Uh, and we go out nine deep, and we where the agreement was we just shoot anyone who isn't like us. Yep, kill on sight with bows. <laughs> no one, no one who uh, who you either dress like the Bushido and become one of us, or you become a target for arrows. Essentially, we had become the KKK. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Well, no, except That's except the part. Great. Except awesome. the part. Except the part we weren't obviously racist or anything. Like <laughs> but it was that. it was nine well, men we were, garbed in white killing anything. Well, we that were was racist to, yeah, we were racist against anything that wasn't dressed like a bushido. Nice green yeah. shirt, bah! <laughs> but but the thing was is that uh, it, but it was mostly just because I had never done any sort of like social thing where we gathered and we did things with people. Yeah, and that's what made it so interesting was to have this dynamic with people that we only we didn't know at all. No, like we knew their names from the server because they had spoken to people mm-hmm. or they like we'd seen them around but didn't kill them because there are a lot of situations where you see somebody and you both have guns out or pistols and or uh, bows and you're like, okay, are we cool? <laughs> okay, we're cool. Yeah. And you go so, your separate ways. We had known a lot of those guys. We recruited a bunch of them for uh, the Bushido time. <laughs> but it ended up uh, failing on us because an airdrop came overhead. So obviously airdrops in this game, what happens is if you're on a server, there's different population numbers required. But when the server hits a certain critical mass, once a day randomly an airdrop, uh, like a, a cargo plane will fly over the island somewhere and will randomly drop cargo. And when it drops cargo, this cargo probably takes about a minute, a little bit over a minute to descend all the way to the ground. And in that time, most people tend to drop whatever they're doing and go to it. And what ends up happening is right by the cargo drop, it ends up being like the first five minutes of a Hunger Games match. <laughs> where everyone is just killing everyone in proximity. Which is no great because asked. some people are out, you know, hunting and they don't have a lot of gear or other people are in the middle of a raid with machine guns and they all converge on the same space with different levels of armor and weaponry. Yeah, so we saw one of those happen while we I were I can see Mitch's boner from here. <laughs> so all nine of us ran up yeah. on this airdrop and we saw a guy looting it ahead of us. And I just said, fire, fire, fire. And now nine people are shooting arrows at this guy. Which, by the way, we never hit him once. No, of course not. <laughs> um, not for lack of trying. Because there's, no. There's, no, uh, there's no HUD in this game either. There's no, uh, there's no indicator. Of, there's no aim reticle. Yeah, you so. just have to kind of guess. Yep. I'm really yeah, good with so, uh, then I'm pretty good one with of the guys it. that we were with said, stop shooting. And I was like, no. And... <laughs> And then he pulled out a shotgun and started killing all of us because it was one of his friends that had managed to loot the airdrop. So Delonius, Delonius, who follows us on all on Twitter Judas. and listens to the podcast, Delonius I'm is the subject going, of my next. I know where you live now, <laughs> yeah. and I plan on taking everything you own. Yeah, we're taking that crate back. Wow, my greatest hope is that you uninstall Rust. Oh. <laughs> wow, this really turned into a bully pulpit. But when I destroy your home, I won't kill you. Oh yeah, you need to wake up. In your you're home. gonna wake up in the ashes of your existence. 
I'm just kidding. I actually hope that he has a good time. Are, are you going to... If and, anything, it made for a really funny story. Well, and then other people, you know, the and people just get bored and they just try to do things just to weird out other people on the server. Like, There's uh, a lot of Sean Elliott-isms yeah. in that server. Well, and, on the sa- and on the server that we were on... Uh, one of our friends built like the tallest tower in the world. This thing's like a hundred stories. It was so tall that it was actually lagging the server. Uh, but anyway, I happened to be standing outside of it and this group of dudes runs up. They're all naked. You know, they're just in the default green pants that you wear. Five guys run up and I just hear them like in the voice chat. They're all talking to each other. And it's like, we were on a quest from God. Yes, a quest from God. We're looking for the worshippers of the tower. We found the tower. Oh, yeah, Let's they, all worship yeah, at the they tower. Come to us and they're like, "Do you worship the tower?" And we're like, yeah. "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> and they're all, everybody, bow down before the tower and give thanks to the God of Towers for gifting us his his vision but of it was light. Like three of them. I think there was four or five because they were all running around. Then they start going up to the tower and bow, and they're like. Are you from the tower? Can you let us in? Will you let us into the tower? <laughs> basically, shun, shun the non-believer. The reason I play Rust is because is even in the times where we've we've had our house get destroyed on a server, before, yeah, we have. We've had our house on the current server get destroyed. Like, you know, those things. I like the fact that when it happens, I do feel like some weird sense of like actual violation yeah like i remember when we were being raided and they were blowing up all of our doors coming into our house and we could hear them coming yep and we're all panicking trying to move stuff in from one box to another to get it behind more doors uh, nigel the guy we were playing with was talking about how he was feeling genuinely sick and he's, i was like he's like i'm sick to my stomach we're gonna lose everything <laughs> and that's that's what i like i like that that game inspires like such emotions yeah and i love and i like that that i get to have those moments where like we were about to blow up this guy's house one time, and then we all had that moment where we all felt bad. And so instead, <laughs> what we did is we came back and we made it rain on that guy. Yep. We just gave him so much stuff, <laughs> set him up so nicely. Yeah, I Which, mean, the way I described it to you James made it at work, rain, made it rain, making it rain. <laughs> the way I described but, it to James at work was after the first big raid against us. Like, I came into work the next day and was like. I need to tell somebody that we got robbed because I like I feel is this what it's like to get robbed in real life? Yeah, like it, approx- no. it approximated the feeling, but in the same way that will, murdering somebody approximates the feeling of murder. In that so what game. this all comes down to is you guys are just desperate to feel anything. <laughs> I will say that the, that that guy that we made it rain on, Insectivora. What ended up happening, though, is that we were live streaming one night and we all went link dead in the server. Totally forgot about this. And he saw that we all went link dead in the server except him. And we all were wearing our best shit outside of our house. So he ran up and started executing us one by one. It was like that moment in the Matrix where they're all being murdered one by one. The plugs are being pulled. Not like this. Not like and, this. And what ended up happening was one of our crew managed to wake up while being murdered and kill the guy back. And it was just like, holy shit, like that guy who we thought was awesome and we've been so nice to, like, he took pity on, decided to murder us all. Insectivora, by the way, was he the guy or was it, who was it when... So the admin of the server was kind of experimenting with things you can do. And what uh-huh. you can do is have messages pop up. Uh, it just kind of pops up. And it shows everybody in the server the exact same thing. Mm. And the first one popped up. And it just said, I love you. Gray box, white text. I love you. And we're like, oh, that's really sweet. The admin is messing around with stuff. And then it was a heart. And then it said, I want to sex with you. And we're like, <laughs> okay. And then the next one said, 50 C4 bounty on chuff. 
Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. And the entire server at the same like, time this wrote legit question mark. <laughs> <laughs> and Insectivore was the first one where he's like, I'm gonna I'm I'm in. I'm gonna tur- I'm gonna get him. And we're like, nope, yeah. we're coming to your house right now. Yeah. I mean Or was it Sunchips man? I don't even Whoever it was. Somebody. Yeah. But I mean that's the it. that's the that's the thing about this game is that like it's an environment where stories are created and yeah. that, like every single day is just going to be different like that. And, but it's I mean, so highly dependent on getting into the right place and yes. playing with the right people. And with the right people. 100%. You yep. could have it the worst experience ever. I Yep. And I good fucking luck finding a server because the server navigation sucks. <laughs> yeah, it does. Oh yeah. This is a very uh, early access game and it you, shows it. If you want to play without PVP, good luck finding an on PVP server that isn't totally resource eradicated. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the resources respawn the, and the thing the big problem with non-PVP servers is that there's just so much shit built everywhere because nobody's raiding and nobody's trying to like stay away from other people right. that uh it lags the whole server. I guess I I just like warning that game is extremely difficult. It is, in, it is incredibly unfriendly to newcomers unless I those newcomers it, find someone to play yeah, with. Yeah, and I yeah. found it just extremely <laughs> satisfying because when I started out alone and I was figuring it out, Anthony and I were on Skype, but we weren't even trying to meet up because we had no idea how mm-hmm. right so on our own we're like oh how do i open the ta- crafting tab okay what do i use to how do i get wood how do i get stones and that kind of like step-by-step learning process was really interesting but we also were again blessed in the sense that the very first server we decided to play on was filled with people that were like very kind when you asked them questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would, so, you'd be like, how do I cook chicken? And they'd tell you exactly inter- how to cook interesting chicken. Interesting dynamic to that game. Which though, is better is than that, I uh, can say for the wiki. Is that, uh, <laughs> it is a very common thing now with Rust, though, that when you live stream, people from your server will look for anyone streaming from their server so that they can gather intel on you yep. at all times. Yup. So it's it's like a us. weird... I've been playing it's like a for, weird real life loop where people are spying on you. I've been streaming happening. Rust one night for like two hours. Didn't say a word in the game chat, and there's no way for you to say to look at a list of who is in the server. And all at once, the entire chat lights up, going "Hey, Mitchie," and all of us realize, "Holy fuck!" The entire server is watching our live stream. We have to stop right now. Yeah, I was like, "Mitch, they know where we live." Sure enough, we were raided that night. Yeah. So. Look at how proud they are of all their things. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So don't yeah. stream Russ is what you're saying. Basically, yeah. <laughs> and you know, there's a there's a lot of stuff missing in this game and there's definitely some jank with like the proper way to build defensive structures. It's a little bit of an art, but generally like the only way to build the most defensive structure is to build up and to build rooms that like basically force people to go through metal doors because if you build kind of squat and wide then uh, people through can, the roof. Yeah, they can come through the roof or the walls or whatever. Uh, not always, you know, there are ways to prevent people from building stairs up to your roofs and stuff like that. But uh, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how they tweak the the building of shelters system because yeah, right I now I feel like it's 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 so limited. Like you, you, it's like if I'm not building a tower, I feel like I'm not building a structure that's defensible. Yeah, but I think the key to that's going to be with the thing that everyone wants to see, which is like tra- traps. You're going to have to yeah. be able to rig your house with, like, whether it's claymores or something like that, but something that you can set, or, like, spike traps. Mm-hmm. Something has to be there so that you can, like, basically turn it into a, like, you know... Yeah, a Prince a, of Persia like, castle. Exactly. Yep. exactly. And, uh, and I Which think... Which will make 
taking him over even cooler at that point. Totally. That you're like literally outsmarting traps and stuff like that. And so. and I think that stuff just needs to be stronger. You know, like C4 needs to be harder to build, and uh, you know, metal metal doors that are attached to metal structures need to take even more C4. Because right now, if you build a metal tower, the strongest door that you can build is metal doors, which take the same amount of C4 no matter what. So it doesn't matter if you build a wood tower or a metal tower, except that you can't get into a wall as easy. Yep. Yeah, the game has a long ways to go, but so far I've I've really enjoyed it. I mean, I don't know how much longer I'm really going to play it until like they do like some substantial overhauls. Yeah, right. we've been talking the last few days about like maybe we take a break for a month and just see where it is in a month. Yep. Yeah, but wait, I, I wait do till think the next major patch. It's a great example of a game whose design is like, here's a few core tenets of what we want to do. Here's a few rules of the world, and now mm-hmm. we just want to put you in a sandbox and shake it and see what happens. Like, <laughs> yeah, and just see how the ants react, and whatever happens, happens. Yep. And sometimes it's ugly. Sometimes it's wonderful and the most hilarious thing you've done. And <laughs> other times it's immensely sad. But all that is what makes it. The fact that there's the potential for all those things is what I think, you know, makes it so interesting to me. If you would like to join our server, it is US East Coast NY new server twelve slash two nine. Yeah. Which was when it was created, twelve twenty nine. Twelve twenty nine. So. December twenty ninth. Uh but I cannot promise we will be friendly to you. We don't trust well, you. We might be friendly to you until we see where you live, and then we'll decide. <laughs> we analyze the prospect of your future. If it's if it's a ripe, how valuable thing are you luck. for rating in the future? But definitely, one thing that I think us and uh, the other major group on the server have been trying to do is uh, give newbies like a chance to build up because it's, there's it's no fun rating a bunch of one of like one room yeah. wooden shacks. Right, and putting it that, that way is a little fucked up. I'll say yeah, that, it's that, true, guy, though. That, that guy that even stole from Arthur, who's like, you know, a terror on the server, like <laughs> all, all of them have actually become incredibly kind to people that ask new questions and stuff. Yeah. Because the bottom line is that, you know, even a wolf needs sheep to play with. <laughs> <laughs> so they want you, they want you to have a great experience. So this is come in, really ask questions. fucked up. This, this is. <laughs> <laughs> actually, but honestly, like I like to, that, it's you know I go in there and some days we don't kill anyone. We pass by tons of people and never. Some harm days them. we don't kill anyone. Yep. <laughs> Depends on how the wind blows. Depends on whether the tower gods have decided oh, to God. bless us with their. And it depends if they're settling in our valley. That's my valley. Yeah, that's a thing too. So, yeah, I, I'm curious to see where the game goes. In the yeah, taint. I'm very curious yeah. to see where the game goes. It has a it has a very long ways to go, but you know the guy. This is from the team that. Or, you know, at least a company founded by the guy that made Gary's Mod. So I'm mm-hmm. not surprised to see, like, you know, here's some basic rules and some shit and just seeing what happens. Mm-hmm. I think that's... Attach really a bunch of shit and have fun. Yeah, you know, someone on Twitter, to kind of sum up Rust, said, the game's already fun, I'm having a lot of fun with it, why do you need to keep adding things? And yeah. the, the dev's response was, the game will not be finished until you can combine bullets and chicken and feed someone it and watch their heads explode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding them to that. Yeah. So, Rust. Rust. Um, Hashtag Rust. <laughs> All right, yeah. so should we do some uh, letters after take a break? A break and do some yeah, let's take a break, and then we'll do some letters. Well, fare thee well, my honey, fare thee well. I remember one evening in the pouring rain in my heart 
was an aching pain Like that, uh, yeah. So Roger writes in, and he has a question that we're going to kind of answer, but it brings up a good idea. Um, he says, I've been going through your backlog of episodes and heard a question about purchasing an iPad or a PS Vita. That was probably like 30 episodes ago or something. Like <laughs> yeah, really? More than um, that. Arthur had mentioned that games that are on iPad would eventually be ported to PS Vita, probably. My question is, since there is a ported version of XCOM Enemy Unknown on iPad, would 2K for Access bring it to a more traditional handheld like the Vita? And, no. and would no, this drive no. Matt to finally buy a Vita to have XCOM on the go? No. no. <laughs> um, that was well before we knew how fucked the Vita truly was. Yeah. yeah. Like, the Vita is well and truly fucked. It um, would be cool if the Vita had a lot more iPad games on it, because I would maybe buy some of them and play them on there. Uh, well, Ryan, has, uh, my compatriot at Area 5, has decided to pretty much go all Sony first this generation. So, so he has do remote play. Yeah, he, has, he had a Vita already, and he got a PS4. And uh, he hasn't been able to get the remote play thing to work because of ports that have to be open on routers and all kinds of stupid shit that can't be done at uh his current apartment for various reasons streaming it's the future yeah and it totally doesn't work but he super loves his vita so i mean like the people that do have it and are are enjoying the games on it you know and more power to them but i definitely feel like it's lifespan is probably limited unless the ps4 somehow breathes new life into it i don't know yeah i you know i'll be surprised I feel like, a, and this is totally just me talking out of my ass. I have no basis for this. But I feel like Sony won't be talking about the PS3 in the length the same way that they did the PS2 for so long after the PS3 came out. Like, I feel like that's going to fall off way more. Like, because uh, you um, like how for a long time they just talked about the PlayStation ecosystem for so long. Yeah. And it was always talking about PS2 and strong PS2 sales. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know that they'll do that with PS3. Well, they don't just, need to with the PS4 selling as well as it has That's so exactly far. what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just like, they don't need to like kind of use that to make it seem like they're healthier than maybe they they are. Right. But at the same time, I feel like I wonder what that'll do long term as far as like the way that they support PS3. Because I'm curious, for instance, like why uh, why a game like Don't Starve only came out on PS4 and not PS3 as well. Like if I was... Cl- if I was like Clay, or, I would have wanted it to come out on PS3 as well. Like the yeah. install base is so much bigger. I imagine that Sony, like, I mean, not imagine Sony pays for PlayStation Plus games. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but I just, it's just like you know, like I just feel like they want to get that more exclusives out on PS4, even if that, even if that means maybe not supporting the PS3 as much. That's just like a a total out of just speculation, speculation on my part. But yeah. I would buy that um, for a dollar. But yeah, it's disappointing. I would actually like to see a lot more of these, some of these mobile games that maybe would be better supported on a Vita's control scheme on Vita, but it's just not happening. So. Oh man, League of Evil on Vita would be great. Yeah. Yeah, I just it really don't think would. that there's there's no like motivation to do that. No, there there's isn't. literally no reason to put the those games on Vita. So so much bigger on iOS. And yeah. even then, not but not just that, but like 
And the audience on iOS is starting to get more difficult to find, too. Right. Because so, I don't want to pay $4 for an app on my $700 fucking machine. I don't think it's that. I think it's just there's too much stuff. <laughs> that, too. Yeah. But yeah it's, 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 it's a Wheaton it's chaff issue. You're not curated up to the front of the store. It's It doesn't exist. What do you do, right? Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, so... So make something awesome like what Vlambeer does and get curated every time. <sighs> yeah, once you've made something awesome, it's a great way to stay curated, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Sean writes in, and he says, With the news that Titanfall would be capped at 6v6, I'm starting to get a kind of MOBA vibe from the game. He says the AI bots seem to be an important part of it. Is integrating MOBA design into an FPS game going to be the new thing to do with multiplayer, similar to the way that loadouts and progression became a trend after Modern Warfare COD4. Hey, did you guys hear about Evolve announced this week? Where it, a game that is basically a 4v1 MOBA? Is it? Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's, um, it's 4 is it, It's 4v1, it's not 4v4? It's 4v1. I just heard it compared to Left 4 Dead endlessly. I haven't had a chance to read yeah, anything about it. So there's four humans, or four hunters. Some of them are humans, some of them are like robots. Four classes, different characters within each class with different gear hunting this monster that uses the AI in the environment which it kills and eats to grow in strength and size. The huh. human team can also kill those monsters to get items and perks. Can I just say so, that sounds THQ as fuck? <laughs> well, it was, it I, was I know it is, but man, does that sound like a game that THQ would publish? Yeah. Um, I... I I mean, it's not the first shooter to use MOBA elements. Like, no, Smite no. is doing that. Um... And uh, I mean, Monday Smite Night Combat. Yeah. I yeah don't, and obviously Monday Night Combat. And yeah, Monday Night Monday Combat. Night Combat yeah. I don't think that that's like an inaccurate thing. I think that that's like it's taking lessons from MOBA design seriously. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, a game that manages to get people to play for several hours but needs only a couple of levels to be infinite replayable. Yeah. Like, does, design teams would love that shit. <laughs> I mean, my, my ideal vision for like my hope for what Battlefront is is that you are the creep wave and you're escorting your heroes. Kind of like the original battle. So it's inverse yeah. MOBA? Yeah. yeah. I mean, in the original, you would yeah. have these heroes come out of the battlefield and they would tear shit up. Like, if you saw Darth Vader, you were like, fuck. Oh, man, we're never going to get through here. And I love the idea of you playing kind of the creep wave, the expendable heroes, kind of mm-hmm. like you always did in Battlefront, but giving a purpose to the kind of elite units that are guaranteed going to be in that game. Um, to talk a little bit about Titanfall, to go back to it, I, I've, I mean, it sounds like the reader is a little... Is he confused? Is he concerned? What is he? No, no, no. He's not, he's not concerned. He was like, he was like, oh, he, I think he's like, it's definitely cool. He's just like, oh, it has like in his mind when he hears that it's, it's smaller teams than maybe yeah. a traditional shooter. But at the same time, that's because it's padded out with the AI to make the experience more like interesting. He's like, oh, that kind of reminds me in his mind of the way that League of Legends is. It's only 5v5 games, but you have these AI bots and AI towers that are kind of there to like change up the dynamic of how you play. Um, it's, it's like a MOBA except without the, the trash that you clean up around the map, like to get extra experience, because that's Mm -hmm. not what the, the actual bot stuff does. Or, I mean, they're not even bots. Like they're not designed to play the game like a human player. They're designed to like be there to be killed. Yep. They don't really accomplish anything. They are like a minor, minor threat. They can kill you if you're being really dumb, but yeah, the odds of that are really slim. Um, so yeah, I yeah I don't know. Like there I was a like, lot of navel gazing and like hand, like 
concern trolling about the 6v6 today. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had that brief moment where I was really surprised by it. But then it's like when you think about it with the AI and the bots, etc. But, yeah, I mean, it's, I do think, though, that he is making an interesting point in the sense that we will see popular game types from other genres get pulled into shooters as people look for, like, especially when it comes to anything where they're trying to do additional monetization mm-hmm. and they look at some of the most successful monetization models with things like Dota and League. I mean, I will try and find ways. I, to that's, a, that's a good thing, in my opinion, because so many people have been chasing Modern Warfare for so long Yeah, that games totally. like shooters are kind of stagnant. Like, not kind of. Shooters are yeah. stagnant. It was a shitty year for shooters in yep. 2013. Yep. Well, and another part of his question was also, um, you know, will other shooters move in that direction? And I don't think Call of Duty will. Call of Duty doesn't have to. No. Call of Duty will still be Call of Duty. Maybe. Call of I'm, Duty needs to show gonna, some kind of evolution. Sure, they're going to try to shake things up, but they're not going to go in a Titanfall direction. Let's put it that way. It's still going to be... In my prediction, anyway, is that it would still be straight up player versus player, uh, you know, multiplayer modes and some survival modes and stuff like that, but never anything that has, you know, the really the AI MOBA mixture. I can't picture them bothering with it. Um, yeah. Titanfall. So, so yeah. <laughs> Titanfall. It was 66 make- every time we played it. Yep. Can we make a small. Spoiler for the first episode of Walking Dead season two. The smallest of spoilers. I haven't played I, it. It's it's based off a letter. Ah, oh, fine. I haven't played Headf- it either. Headphones off. Anthony, yeah. I got this. Okay, right, I'll take my headphone it. off. And if I have to respond to this with spoilers, then I will be. <laughs> I won't said, speak. He says. David writes in and says, "Just emailing and say Anthony predicted a large subplot of the Walking Dead season two episode one. He you? was jokingly yeah. saying at the end of season one, you will come across a cute dog Assholes. and have to kill it and eat it.'" Well, there's no eating of the dog in episode one. Anthony wasn't far off. <laughs> Holy shit, that's awesome. Okay, spoilers are over. You can put your headphones back on. Okay. <laughs> that's really good. It was just apparently that... Uh, Anthony had some it, foresight. <laughs> in a, one of the older episodes of Rebel Film, I kind of predicted episode one of, a, a plot point of episode one, just jokingly, of how they would try and hurt your heart. So, <laughs> Nick Brecken heard that episode and was like, that's it? <laughs> um, it turned out you were right. So Joseph writes in with some praise for Arthur. Oh, geez. And he says, I absolutely love the music spectacular. It got me into the Killer Instinct soundtrack, even though I don't have an Xbox One, and convinced me to buy Brothers on the PSN sale. Yeah, it did. So last Too year's bad show that game's free introduced me to the incredible soundtrack of Hotline Miami. And also <laughs> How dare you game. support that game? <laughs> Sorry, Hotline he says, Miami. He says, anyway, the point of the letter, is there any chance of you guys doing a music spectacular of your favorite game soundtracks of all time? Because I know it's a lot of work for Arthur, but no. it'd be cool. No. It, unless of it's like time, a, my no. one soundtrack and my favorite song on it is no. Arthur puts it in. <laughs> it's it's there's too much to it takes too long. It took me like fifteen or twenty hours to edit that show. Can you think off the top of your head what is your favorite like video game track? Uh Ezio's Family and Assassin's Ooh, Creed. That's two. a really good one. It's yeah, that one's up there with uh the Mass Effect theme for me. Yeah. Which and, Mass Effect? And, the one that is uh before the gameplay, the Mass Effect one, when you're, it's telling you the story, and then it cuts down to the gameplay. Okay, like the very first song you hear. The really the good. Moog tones. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I think that's Matt. That's, do you that's have a favorite? One. Not that I can think of. You're the worst. I know. I can't think of any outside my head, but I will say that How Miami does have a really fucking uh, good tracks. I'm surprised nobody in this room said like Skyrim or Journey or something. 
Uh, Journey's up there too, but there's no track in my mind that sets out. It's just like the whole thing. Yeah. And I don't um, like it's, I don't know, when it comes to music or whatever, it's really tough for me to pick favorites because music for me is more mood based than anything else that I, any other media that I absorb in my life. Yep. Music is a thing where it's all about my mood. And uh, the the right music that goes with the right mood is the best track that I've ever heard in my life until tomorrow <laughs> when I hear the, the music that goes with a different mood. And then that one's the best one I've ever heard in my life. So what I'm saying is I'm fickle and indecisive. Got it. Uh, here's a difficult letter. But not a bit. It's not difficult because it's like heavy. It's just difficult because it's all right. <laughs> Kelsey writes in and says, my 66-year-old dad had been talking about getting a gaming console for a year, and my mom and I got him a PS3 for Christmas. He hasn't played anything except for computer games, mostly Civ Five, for the last 15 or so years. Mm-hmm. So controllers are fairly foreign to him. He's starting at square one. I started him off on season one of The Walking Dead, and he did decently well, but it pointed out that figuring out level design clues and controller actions that are second nature for gamers are things he's going to need help getting accustomed to. Mm. He says, do you have any suggestion for PS3 games that would be good at helping new players to grasp those sorts of basics? Historically, he really likes RPGs and strategy games, but he's showing interest in big action games, specifically the Arkham series. I'm really hopeful to end up loving the console, but I'm worried about buying him games that he won't be able to handle and discouraging him. XCOM. Yeah, he has, XCOM's he has a great Parkinson's and therefore has trouble making really quick movements. XCOM. Uh, if he likes Civ Five, Civ Rev is a really good game. That's what I was thinking. Yes. Yeah, oh Rev. yeah. Good would point. he be? Sa- I mean, I guess he would. He could be satisfied with that since all of us like Civ Rev and we liked Civ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Civ also, Rev. If he needs XCOM. A, uh, like is a Carcassonne per- out on no no. PS3? Oh, if no. he needs a like a first person game, Portal's a really good one because it's not Twitch based. Oh That's yeah, it point. is. Towards the end, uh, it, towards the end, it does get twi- where where you like have to make a ninety degree turn and fire a portal like, in the point. middle of a jump. Yeah, <laughs> but but you two could play split screens co op together. That's, That's true, true too. You totally could play co op. Uh, portal two is so fucking good. Maybe Noby Noby Boy. Yeah, it's Dragon Age Origins <laughs> Ultimate Edition. What? Don't so. tell me. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> he also has Valkyria Chronicles, Burnout Paradise, The Last of Us. Burnout Paradise Valkyria is good. Valkyria is really good. Burnout Paradise. I don't you feel can like Burnout Paradise go. is going to be the game for him or The Last of Us. I mean, if he likes big action games and you can pause Mass Effect a lot, maybe you could try Mass Effect. Maybe you can pause if and miss your orders and just have your yeah. AI do their shit. Yeah, let's say Mass Effect. Yeah. So especially since he likes RPGs, all the mass there's a Mass Effect collectors thing. Oh yeah, you're right. Mass Effect. So that might that might not be a bad one. And then and just like there, I think there are options where you can just hit the trigger once to pause it in Mass Effect and Uh, it's like you hold it to bring up the skill wheel and then you can look around and then say, okay, issue this. I think you can make it toggle. Oh, cool. And also like just set stuff on easy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would say yeah. like there are other fun games that are totally you could good. play like, Alien I mean, Colonials Marines and never have to bother shooting. That? I'm just saying you he didn't actually have to shoot anything. Like there's all these PSN games too that he's never played obviously either. So Yeah. Brothers. Not a great way to introduce yourself to a controller, but come on. No. It's free. <laughs> really PlayStation Plus. Um yeah, that's. I can't really think of anything that's like really great for introducing well, any, the controller. Any of the any of the that game company games, you know, because uh, like yeah. Flow, uh, Flow and Flower are all motion control. Right, but he's got Parkinson's. Um, yeah, so but yeah, but there's no punishment. But there around. is, but there isn't any. There isn't real huge punishment with like not but, getting the mo- motions correct. Like it could be literally painful holding the controller that's and moving true. his arms around. Yeah, um, but Journey, on the other hand, yeah, you can just use the stick. Yep. 
Um, could get the Eco and Shadow of the Colossus collections. Those are twitchy, aren't they? Uh, Shadow of the Colossus is pretty twitchy. Eco, not so much. Eco is once she gets captured. Like, mm. if, if when enemies pop up, it becomes this really annoying, dumb game. Can be, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, I think the Arkham ones might not be too bad. It's just like I said, Arthur said, put it on easy, and then the combat's fairly simple. So Yeah, very mashy. To that yeah. point, um, Sleeping Dogs might be a good one, because there's no gunplay in that game. It's mostly melee, and there's, like, driving. Oh, it, it definitely has gunplay in it. It has game. some, but it's not prevalent. They, they practically force you into using guns all I mean, they the time, totally, about two-thirds into the game. Oh, man, I, ne- I used the gun in that gun tutorial and then had one on me, but didn't ever really use it. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Well, there you go. Yep. Uh, should we do... <laughs> one more. Uno mas. Uno mas. Uno mas. Um... Why well, I want this man? You wrote too long. <laughs> God damn it! It was like a page. Nap. Also, the title was: Do you think survival horror games could make a comeback? And it's like, have you looked? Come at on, 2013? man. <laughs> could survival horror games make a comeback? Yeah. Alien Isolation. Well, not only that, but we've had Outlast, Machine and, for Pigs. Right. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think Daylight brought like, to you I, by Zombie Studios. Yes, there's plenty going around <laughs> as far as horror games that they don't need to make a comeback. Slender. Also, there's like this one that's like called like U five one or something like that. That's like a German horror game that takes place in a train station. It looks incredible. Whoa, cool. That's, um, I'm not gonna play that. It sounds spooky as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Sorry. Let's see. Sorry, uh, this is what this is normally Jen when I would ask you guys to vamp. Okay, found it. <laughs> I don't have it in me today. Sorry, there's no okay. vamping. I'm not James, much of a vamp. James has an easy question, and he's from Australia. And he says, "I'm playing Battlefield 4 at the moment, but I'm thinking about Bad Company 2." And he asks, "Would you guys play a super high def remake of Bad Company 2 on any console or PC?" I don't know what that means. I would. I think he just means if they made a, a, a better-looking Bad Company 2 and put it on Xbox One again. No, because I can play it on PC right now. Okay. Um, well, I, I can... think if they put it out again, it would have a better chance of having a player base because there's actually not much of a player base on PC anymore. Yeah. Um, I love Battle. I love Bad Company 2. There are some serious balance issues in that game, particularly with Annie Air. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of those are fixed in Battlefield 4, but Battlefield 4 has its own problems. Um, so I, I don't know. There you like, go. For when it came out, I loved it more than any other Battlefield, but now yeah. I don't think I think it's hard to go back. Oh man, it's still my all-time favorite Battlefield. <laughs> love it. I still yeah, love it all I'm not, too much. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I would play it if they they did release a new version. But I thought the same about Battlefield 1942, and then they did a really creative re-release of that that I played quite a Nine, bit. Forty-three. Well, that was a different 43, game. Yeah. I, yeah, that was like pretty different, wasn't it? Yeah, it was pretty different, but it was still generally <sighs> Wake so Island, and it was yeah. still you know like the, it was very very similar. Yeah, for sure. And I loved it. It was good. Okay, I for you. That's what we got for you. You can find us all on the internet, on Twitter. I'm at Chuff Money. Mitch is A E G I S. No, wait, uh, <laughs> stop. <laughs> Rewind that. <laughs> he said Mitch is A-E-G-I-E-S I think it's because I was looking out uh, That was weird Anyways, <laughs> Arthur Arthur That's is that A-E-G-I-E-S Mitch is at Mitchie D And uh, Matt is at Talking Orange And then you can send in your letters to letters at eat-sleep-game.com Just try and make them short and succinct So that they're easier to read when I'm running from the cops 
And <laughs> you can find things on the internet. Mitch writes for IGN.com where you can read news stories that he puts out all the time. Um, you know, all the hot hits. And then uh, you can go to Polygon.com and either read reviews that Arthur is writing himself or read reviews that Arthur has edited a lot <laughs> and, and, and to make people's lives, to make them better writers and to also occasionally make them sad. <laughs> Sometimes he likes to tell them. It's like living this, with them, really. This is like poo from a butt. <laughs> that was a subhead, goddammit. <laughs> uh and then if you're ever looking for anyone to do awesome video content for you, you can go to Area5.tv, the company that Matt runs that does a lot of video content, uh, most often related to video games, such as the Street Fighter documentary that you can watch on the internet. <laughs> I can, hear your yeah, I can totally hear your cat. <laughs> <laughs> and also uh, definitely keep an eye out next Thursday, January 16th, for kind of a huge thing for Area5 as a company. There you go. Mm. We'll be sure to talk more about that. And go to IGN or, or Polygon and look at the new Daylight trailer. It's actually turned out really cool. The game right. looks so nice. fucking spooky, man. Also, play Blacklight on your PC or PS4. There you go. Learn more about the projects we're doing at zombie.com. Stop pinching your nipples <laughs> while you say this. <laughs> <laughs> right. I gotta go work out because it's a whole new world. <laughs> new Year's resolution, huh? Well, yeah, and your guys' New Year's resolutions should be to find someone whose life that you probably make shittier on a regular basis and stop doing that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> be good. <laughs> that was the best one. <laughs> Okay, how are we doing? I'm ready. Anthony, speak. Check, 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 check. I'm recording on my end. Cool, us too. Matt, speak. This is me talking into a microphone, wondering if this is going to work because we're on an all new system. We're not really. Mitch, speak. Uh, I don't know how operating systems work, or what was wrong, or what the solution was. I just work here. Anthony, speak again. The first time we recorded Rebel FM, we did it into a digital 8-track with a built-in hard drive that yeah. I own. Yeah, do you remember how that broke? That Skip Fister then plugged into the wrong power supply and broke. <laughs> it smelled like burning. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, it was, it was not a good time. <laughs> Um, Wasn't his full-time job at one point podcast producer? Yeah, but he had never used anything like that. Uh, yeah, okay. I mean, we were totally, like, it was totally fucking You were winging it. And also, that, was, that wasn't even, like, the main thing we were recording into at that point. Like, we had the soundboard and all this stuff. It was just a, <sighs> it was a backup, just in case, because I was paranoid. <sighs> so, really, it was Arthur's fault. <laughs> Clearly, yeah. It's, it's, that's a go-to statement, really. Um, 
Blame Arthur. All right. Uh, we have a new theme song. Oh, yeah. Uh, did you guys want to hear it before yeah. we start? Please don't be garbage. I want it to be like a national, like a Russian name. <laughs> <laughs> Something we can chant. Like a, it needs to be like a soccer hooligan song. I need to find it. He needs to find it. Like, I don't even want us to understand 99% of it. Do you remember the name of the guy who did the first one? Chris Wilson. Well done. Might have been it's the guy who did the original theme song guy. Yep. Well, we... We, uh... Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't hear it at all, so I'll trust you guys. You didn't hear it? No. I thought, I'll trust oh. you guys. I thought that would go to... I'm gonna forward it to It's you. punk as fuck. I almost said chur money. Chur money. With the Nerdsies. Chur money. Chur money with the Nerdsies. Chur money with the With the Nerdsies. With the Hurtler and the girls. This audio we're, file can't be played in this browser. We're going to go to try it. Just download it and listen to it. It's like 20 seconds. <laughs> it's super good. Sounds like a lot of work. Going to talk to the Persian curves. We're going to know theme show and you're going to listen to it. Did you, did you watch the Muppets shorts? Yeah, that, on YouTube. They were before like, the Muppets movie came out? No. Oh, oh yeah. man. There's a whole their YouTube channel is amazing, but they've stopped updating it after the, the Muppets movie. <laughs> oh, but the new really? one's coming out. Yeah, but I don't think. Oh, that they, well, I hope they update no. more because I loved the shit that was going on in the YouTube channel. By the way, the new one looks awesome. Like the Beaker Carol of the Bells. Sarcastic or no, it does. Okay. I uh, we saw Frozen and they played the trailer for that before it, and they showed like four seconds, and I was like, oh, this movie looks terrible. And then they showed the actual trailer instead of like the dumb promo, and it was yep. amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I, did you like Frozen? Yeah, I loved it. I liked Frozen oh. a lot, too. I, I think it was one of the weakest musicals that Disney's done okay. in a while. Oh, I totally I, I, The music is great. He's listening to the theme song. Let's go. Do you like I, it? I've, I've now listened to it. It's good. Okay, we're, cool. We're rolling with it. All right. Uh, and... Hold on one second. <laughs> Let me just crack my collarbone. That's cool with everybody. Stop masticating.